Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com. The first five years of a child's life are the most important for healthy development and long-term well-being. The experiences and relationships formed during this period of rapid brain development build a foundation for future learning and success. Yet, this critical development is in jeopardy for many children whose families lack access to quality early learning and care, especially those living in under-resourced communities. The impacts of this opportunity gap are measurable in as early as nine months. Start Early is a proven nonprofit providing doula, home visiting, Head Start, and early Head Start programs, and advocating for policies that put families first. They've been expanding access to quality early learning and care for over 40 years, but there is more work to be done. Learn more about Start Early and the work they do by visiting startearly.org slash thrive. The following program may contain coarse language, violence, nudity, mature subject matter, or scenes which may not be suitable for all viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. ExxonRadioTV.com. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, starting on, uh, let me see, Friday, August the 17th. It's the official relaunch of the X-Zone Book Club that is headed by Laura Miller, our CEO here at Ralmar McConnell Media Company. If you're a self-published author and you're looking for a place to get press releases, website help, SEO, that search engine optimization, radio commercials, TV commercials, and much more, a listing on our website at www.exonebookclub.com. Everything will be there for you as an independent uh, author. 
something that we here at the Exxon Nation and Relmar have been looking into very seriously after we've received all the complaints from uh, authors around the world. We decided to give the authors a place where they can be safe, make money, and prosper. It's plain and it's simple. So that's starting on August the se- August the 17th, which is a Friday. And the website, www.xzonebookclub.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Peter McHugh. He worked for many years as a clinical psychologist in the National Health Service in the United Kingdom. He lives in Scotland. His qualifications include a PhD from the University of Glasgow, awarded for a thesis based on research into the nature of hypnosis. His interest in psychical research goes back decades. He believes that they, that paranormal phenomena occur and that many UFO experiences are genuinely anomalous. He contends that if we want to obtain a comprehensive understanding of ourselves and the nature of reality, these enigmatic phenomena can't be ignored. Peter is the author of a recently published hot book entitled Zones of Strangeness, an Examination of Paranormal and UFO Hotspots. Joining me now from Scotland is Peter McHugh. And Peter, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you very much. Uh, Peter, how did you get involved in UFOs and, um, and the paranormal? My interest in this whole subject goes back to my very early years, I'd say the early teens or even earlier than that. I must admit that it probably arose from a sense of excitement that these subjects mm-hmm. um, elicited in me, even fictional stories about the paranormal. But that soon became a sort of intellectual interest as well as I started reading extensively into the subject. And uh, it intrigued me because if these phenomena are genuine, they don't gel well with traditional conservative ways of looking at the, the way the universe mm-hmm. works. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's when my interest began. Uh, Peter, you worked as a clinical psychologist for many years. Uh, Did patients report UFO and paranormal experiences to you? They did occasionally. I would sort of uh, um, pick up on anything that they mentioned perhaps about that because of Mm -hmm. my particular interests. Um, But some patients did. I think the problem with patients and indeed with the public generally in talking to professionals is that there's probably a natural reticence to mention experiences of that type because of the prejudice against admitting that sort of thing, a fear that they might be regarded as insane or mm-hmm. cookies or or, or not, not very coherent and uh, logical. But yes, yeah, some, some patients did mention such experiences to me. Not many, I would say, proportionately, but some did. And I took quite an interest in those cases that were mentioned to me. All right, Peter, please stand by. You and I have to take our two-minute commercial break. We'll be right back. Exonation, my special guest this hour is Peter McHugh, and he is coming to us from Scotland, thanks to the good people at Skype. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Don't forget, you can listen to the X-Zone archives 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year, with no charge at all, at www.xzonepodcast.com. My name's Rob McConnell. I'll be back in two. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. I'll tell you something, Exonation. It certainly is a sunny afternoon here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It is 97.6 degrees outside. Uh, last night we had a, an, a rainfall that I can only say was torrential. Within one hour, we had a rainfall of six and a half inches of rain. Mind you, my lawn needed it desperately. I just hope it isn't too late. Exonation, my guest this hour is Peter McHugh. He is in Scotland. He's the author of a book that that I believe should be on every bookshelf of anyone who's interested in ufology or the paranormal. The name of the book is Zone of Strangeness, an Examination of Paranormal and UFO Hotspots. It's available on Amazon. It's, uh, it's available throughout the Internet. All you have to do is just type in uh, Zones of Strangeness. An examination of paranormal and UFO hotspots into your favorite search engine. Mine is Google, and they'll pop up all over the place. It's that simple. Peter, thanks very much for taking time to join us today. Um, as I said, you worked as a clinical psychologist, um, and I was wondering if you could give us a couple of examples when patients actually talk to you as as a psychologist without getting into too many de- details and breaking any confidentiality that there is. Um, uh, about some of the cases that you may have been told about. Yes, one of my colleagues, knowing of my interest in this subject, told me about a patient he was seeing mm-hmm. who'd had a, a traumatizing UFO experience some 40 years previously. And he spoke to her on my behalf, and she agreed to talk to me. And I, I spoke to her and went with her to the site of the experience. This experience occurred when she was about 13 and she and a friend were working part time in a cafe and it was night and they were coming back. They got off a bus and they saw a light in the sky, uh, which I think at first she took to be a plane. Mm-hmm. And they headed into a sort of a, a, a road, a little alley to head towards where they lived. And this object made some movements um, and it, uh, it got closer to them and it seemed to be black or dark grey with a circular with some sort of protuberance on top. Uh, a couple of flashing red lights on the base and also a circle of white lights. 
And uh, as they were walking down the lane, uh, this thing came closer and a woman walking ahead of them, a woman perhaps in her 60s, shouted, mm-hmm. oh, my God, and she rushed back and gathered the two girls together and they, they rushed towards the, the, the entrance to a distillery. And uh, they made the sign of the cross and uh, uh, they were illuminated from above. And this woman, this patient of my colleagues, whom I'll call Susan, she was terrified and I presume the other two were as well. And uh, this this experience seemed to go on just for a matter of minutes, perhaps. And uh, then when, they, when she looked up, the UFO was a bit further away, but still quite close. Mm-hmm. It then made, uh, made a couple of movements, perhaps, before shooting off. Now, it should have taken her about seven or ten minutes to get from the bus to her home. Um, she should have arrived home about 10.55, but actually, when she got in, it was about 11.45. And now, this experience left her with post-traumatic symptoms. She had had other trauma in her life. She'd been sexually abused, apparently, as a child, but oh, no. the, the UFO experience itself seemed to produce flashbacks, which had abated by the time I saw her. But it was nevertheless a very disturbing experience with long-lasting effects on her. Another case was a man whom I'll call James Montgomery. Um, I've written about in an article, actually, but he had a a welter of experiences in different locations, flats uh, that spanned the haunting poltergeist UFO categories. Uh, one of the UFO experiences, for instance, involved missing time as well. Mm-hmm. He he was walking to buy some takeaway food with a friend and they saw a light in the sky. And um, when they got back to, to the, the friend's home, the food was cold and uh, a period of time was missing. They couldn't account for. And uh, the interesting thing about this particular person is that his experience did span quite mm-hmm. a, a wide range of paranormal categories. As as a clinical psychologist, uh, Peter, have you noted any common threads be, uh, in those who claim to have had paranormal UFO encounters? Well, in my work as a clinical psychologist, I rarely saw people who were referred with any specific reference mm-hmm. in the in the letter to me um, about about paranormal experiences. It was more mainstream mental health problems, anxiety, depression, uh, phobias, and that sort of thing. Um, my experience and knowledge of, of uh, the paranormal, of witnesses to the paranormal has really been through my private sort of research interests and so on, rather well, than through my job. Well, let me ask you this then as a, as a professional. During your research, into your into your investigation into UFOs and paranormal based on your training as a psychologist have you seen or have you discovered any common threads in the people who see UFOs or who encounter the paranormal or any overlapping thereof well with some people with haunting and uh, type haunting type mm-hmm. cases um I have found some of those people to be perhaps mentally unstable. But I emphasize the word some um, because others certainly haven't felt that is the case. Um, For instance, I was a member of a society a while back that that would receive um, contacts from the public who felt that they had some paranormal activity perhaps going on in Mm -hmm. the home. Now, some of these people did seem to be unwell. I mean, to put it bluntly, okay. but I wouldn't say they all did. And um, and, and uh, therefore, I don't I think it's, it would be totally wrong to generalize and say that the majority or all people who experience who report paranormal phenomena are in any way neurotic mm-hmm. or psychotic or disturbed. Is it possible, Peter, that these people who report strange events such as events within the realm of the paranormal or UFO uh, sightings have the ability that others in the in the general populace may have shut off at an earlier age, and something within the people who have these encounters or these sightings, something in their life has has kept this ability clicked on. Well, that's an interesting idea. In fact, it's something I mention in the book, the idea that it's possible that we, we all are, pot- are potentially psychic, mm-hmm. but with 
with many of us that the valve is switched off or, or, or switched to a low level at least. Yeah. From, a get, from the point of view of getting on with everyday life, I think it would be actually disconcerting to be too psychic, as it were. I mean, for instance, if, if you or I knew well in advance when loved ones were going to die or become seriously ill, our lives might be shrouded with a, a, a you know, total sadness. Right. And particularly, if we couldn't do anything about it. Um, by the same token, if we all had consciously available psychokinetic powers, that could be dangerous because people with a sadistic or unpleasant streak could use that to deliberately torment or harm other people you know, using psychokinesis mm -hmm. to produce uh, poltergeist-type effects, for instance. So it may be that for, for the purpose of getting on with everyday life, it's better that if, if, if we, we all are potentially psychic in some way, that we don't all have access to that, uh, that those facilities. How, how do you explain then, Peter, someone who, who ha claims to have been abducted by an extraterrestrial or they, they have a lapse of time, the missing time element? These people believe with everything that they know that what they have experienced is real, and yet many people on the outside who hear the experience say, oh, come on, what, what's wrong with you? Personally, I take these experiences very seriously. I know it's it's customary among mm -hmm. psychologists, skeptical psychologists commenting to talk about things like sleep paralysis and perhaps the effect of ambient magnetic fields or even dissociative tendencies and so on. Mm -hmm. And I've no doubt that in some cases these factors may be a, a, a part of it. One of the things that impresses me about these sorts of missing time experiences is that sometimes they're collective. Now, if these experiences were due to private psychopathology or or even even magnetic fields in the environment you wouldn't expect the witnesses to experience the missing time at a, a, a starting and ending at the same point and point at the same time mm -hmm. um, that that seems uh, unlikely therefore I, I take the experiences very seriously however um, and this comes on to my sort of general idea of what may, and this is very tentative speculation, but my general idea of what's behind these phenomena. I think what these phenomena may entail, cutting across the board from poltergeist, ghosts, UFO sightings and abduction experiences, is a manipulation um, by some sort of higher intelligence, not necessarily extraterrestrial or from some other place or another time or another dimension, but maybe something's been here with us for, for forever. Um, that is able to manipulate our perceptions, manipulate our memories, manipulate matter, and produce dramatic performances. Therefore, it may be that when someone has an, a, a missing time experience in connection with a UFO, it may be that they're not literally lifted up and taken mm -hmm. to an extraterrestrial spacecraft, but nevertheless, it could well be a genuinely paranormal experience. Then how come, if this is the case, there are not scientists who experience this, doctors who do not experience this? It seems like it's always John Q. Public who cannot put a logical explanation into what's going on. Well, I, I suppose one possibility is that if you're in a, in a science-based profession mm -hmm. um, where your reputation depends on being conventional to some degree, if you have an experience like that, you're not going to necessarily be too frank about it. Um, and inter interestingly, Raymond Fowler, a well-known American ufologist, yes. uh, he, he's written about his own experiences of the abduction type. And, uh, um, I, I, I don't know whether he, he's only come out with this in more recent years, but, but he used to work in the defense industry. Now, I, I'm not sure whether he reported these experiences early in his career, and it may have been possibly for him risky. All right, let's let's hold on to this that. because I've got to take my news break, uh, Peter. Peter Mc, uh, McHugh is our special guest, Exo Nation. W, uh, the name of his book is Zone of Strangeness. An examination of paranormal and UFO hotspots. To find out where you can buy it, all you have to do is go to your favorite search engine, type in his name, Peter McHugh, or his book, Zones of Strangeness, An Examination of Paranormal and UFO Hotspots. 
We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell, and I would like to tell you about a very special lady that I have the pleasure of knowing, and that's Miss Sylvia Anthony. Sylvia Anthony believes the golden years are a time to gear up and get busy, not relax and take it easy. She has faced many hardships in her 84 years, but they have made her stronger and more determined. As founder and president of Sylvia's Haven, a shelter for women and their children near Boston, Sylvia has helped transform over 1,086 lives in the past 27 years, not only with housing, but also providing direction as to where they can go to develop the earning skills they want and need to live free from difficult domestic situations. Sylvia's Haven is everything to Sylvia Anthony, even calling it her magnificent obsession. Women who qualify for the program at Sylvia's Haven receive assistance via guidance counselors to find the appropriate job opportunity. Women and their children may remain at the housing for up to two years. At the end of this time, or sooner, a woman who is successfully employed and has an apartment or home may leave Sylvia's Haven to begin a new and independent life. Now this is where you come in to help make Sylvia's dream into a reality. Sylvia's dream is to have a Sylvia's Haven in every state to help as many women and their children as she can and to help this dream come true. A crowdfunding site has been established which can be accessed at www.sylviasdream.org. Now that's www.sylviasdream.org. With your financial help and support, Sylvia Anthony will continue to help those in their time of need, not only in the Boston area, but with her dream of having a Sylvia's Haven in every state of the United States. Your help is needed to make Sylvia's dream come true. Please visit and give at www.sylviasdream.org. Once again, www.sylviasdream.org. And remember, the only difference between a dream and reality is just doing it. We need your help to make Sylvia's dream come true. Visit www.sylviasdream.org. Once again, www.sylviasdream.org. For the Exxon Radio TV show and the X Chronicles newspaper, I am Rob McConnell. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Splenda, and you're listening to my dad, Rob McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. turned 18 We lived in a one-room run-down shack on the outskirts of New Orleans We didn't have money for food or rent, to say the least we were hard-pressed Then Mama spent every last penny we had to buy me a dancing dress Well, Mama washed and combed and curled my hair and she painted my eyes and lips Then I stepped into a satin dancing dress I had a split from the side clean up to my heel It was red Velvet trimming and it fitting me good She's standing back from the looking glass There stood a woman where a half-grown kid it stood She said, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down She said, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down Mama, daddy, little baby, 
Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Peter McHugh is my special guest. Peter's the author of Zones of Strangeness and an Examination of Paranormal and UFO Hotspots. All you have to do is go to your favorite search engine, type in Peter's name, or Zones of Strangeness and Examination of Paranormal and UFO Hotspots. It's also available on Amazon. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free, email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Uh, Peter, have you ever seen a UFO or have you ever been involved in a paranormal experience? I, I'm not aware of having seen a UFO. I may have had paranormal experiences I'm not sure mm-hmm. um, I say that not sure because um, it may be that low-level paranormal experiences are occurring in our lives without our necessarily noticing or easily forgetting them I'll give you one example um, sure. one what, years ago when I started reading about parapsychological experiments I noted mm-hmm. that there were, there were research studies where people were to guess asked to guess the identity of Xena cards or, mm-hmm. or and I just cut a pack of cards with my, you know, broke a pack of cards and just the image of a, uh, of something like the seven of clubs. I can't actually remember what card it was came into mind. And it was, I was right. It, that yeah. was the card I'd actually got. But there was a one in 52 chance of that, perhaps. But um, when I tried it again, I didn't seem to get a high rate of success. Now, whether that was purely chance or whether it was paranormal, I don't know. Is it possible, uh, Peter, that... When you, when you uh, cut the cards and your hand touched that cards, that there, there could be a connection between the sensory uh, of the touch to something that we have yet to discover. That the that in your mind, you know, the the seven of clubs popped up, and I was wondering if there's a connection there between what happened with you with the seven of clubs, and, and what many blind people report as being their extra eyesight or the the image from the inner eye. I'm not sure about that, to be honest. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I mean, as I say, with my own experience, yeah. I wouldn't place too much stock in it because it was a, a sort of one-off thing. But it could be that paranormal ESP, for instance, is operating not only in a dramatic way right. with, with very obvious things, but it could be operating at a low level with with us at times. You talk about hotspots. Could you give us your definition of what a hotspot is? Yes, it's it's. This is actually quite complicated because popularly people tend to apply the label hotspot or window area where the, there's been a, a, a rash of, say, UFO sightings or other odd events. Um, I suppose strictly speaking, uh, the the term should only really be applied if if one could if one can say with some degree of certainty that there's a higher than expected number of incidents. But that's very hard to know because if you get a a, a, a rash of reports Mm -hmm. of UFO hotspots in Hamilton, Ontario, unless you've got comparative data from neighboring areas, it's hard to know. The other problem, of course, well, one of the other problems is that once you get reports coming out, other people might come forward and say, yeah, I saw a UFO that day too. But it may be that if you put the, the microscope or the, uh, on, on, on another area, um, you'd find and made sufficient inquiries, you'd find that there was perhaps a, just a, just as high a rate of uh, sightings there. So it's a bit of a statistical problem because we don't have reliable comparative data. There's also the com- confusing factor of military activity. If you're near an Air Force base, there could be misinterpretation sure. of aircraft and also the factor of hoaxing as well. However, Having said that, I think I think you know there are some places that one can save at least for a time, have at least a prima facie case for being called hotspots. Britain is very well known for um, Stonehenge. What is your opinion of Stonehenge, and would you consider Stonehenge to be a hotspot? I'm not aware that Stonehenge itself is a hotspot, but interestingly, uh, an area a little to the west of that, the Warminster area, around the town of Warminster in the same county of Wiltshire, mm-hmm. 
in the 1960s, that became an alleged hotspot. Um, initially, there were some strange sounds reported in the area. Very soon, it became an area that was reputed to be a hotspot for, for UFO sightings, but also other anomalies. And this went on. It, this, this sort of alleged activity went on for um, more than 10 years. And the problem, one of the problems about this case, skeptics say, well, a lot of the reports from the Warminster area were filtered through a journalist called Arthur Shuttlewood, who had a flowery turn of phrase in his writing. And um, it's been suggested that he, he wasn't a very reliable reporter. However, I'm not aware that he literally made things up. And he also spent a great deal of time, of his own, his own time, on the local hills, sky watching. So I doubt whether he was an out-and-out -out fraud intent on misleading other people. It may be that he wasn't a very critical reporter and maybe he misinterpreted some of the things he saw. But the, the alleged phenomena in that area don't rely entirely on him. There are There is testimony from others. So... Um, I, 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 I'm open to the possibility that there was genuine uh, activity in that area. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. Our special guest this hour is Peter McHugh. He is the author of Zones of Strangeness, an Examination of Paranormal and UFO Hotspots. It's available at Amazon.com and other online bookstores as well. Peter, in your book you give lots of case examples and also discuss theories. Could you say a bit about the various theories that people have put forward to explain ghostly phenomenon? Yes, the I, I def, in the book I divide the um, the theories about ghostly phenomena into two categories: naturalistic, that is theories which account for the phenomena in normal terms, mm -hmm. and psi-based theories. Psi is a term used by parapsychologists to refer to paranormal phenomena, a general collective term. Now, under the naturalistic headings, one obvious approaches just to say that well when people experience or reportedly experience haunting or poltergeist type phenomena it's this is based on a misinterpretation of prosaic events um, another possibility under in the, in the naturalistic uh, category is hoaxing another theory which has been considered but i don't think it's very widely applicable is that underground streams could cause vibrations and, mm -hmm. and unusual sounds, which might be interpreted as spooky phenomena. Low-frequency sound, infrasound, has been suggested as a possible cause of some ghostly phenomena. Vibration from seismic activity. Um, but perhaps the most, the, the most uh, significant naturalistic theory is that, that ghostly phenomena, and indeed some UFO phenomena, are the result of ambient magnetic fields, either arising from geological conditions or indeed from man-made sources. Um, and there is some evidence suggesting that in some haunted places that, that, there, that there do seem to be unusual magnetic fields, uh, which could perhaps affect the brain or and indeed affect equipment itself. Again, a problem, though, I have with this magnetic theory, although I, I don't reject it mm -hmm. in, in total, I think it doesn't easily account for collective experiences. For instance, if you and I are in a house and we at the same time see a ghost, right. we, we see the same ghost, if it were a magnetic field affecting our brains, you wouldn't expect the content of our experience to be exactly the same. And you wouldn't expect... Um, it to begin at exactly the same time. By the same token, if we were sitting together and we took LSD, you wouldn't expect your drug experience to exactly match mine and to begin at precisely the same time. Whereas there are lots of cases of uh, 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 UFO activity mm -hmm. experiences and ghostly activity where the, the phenomena seem to occur to the witnesses at the same time. But how likely is it, Peter, that two people see the same ghost at the same time? I can't give you a precise figure, but there are plenty of case examples where, where this has happened. Uh, for instance, in my book, I discuss cases where people are driving and um, they, see a, they see another car coming mm -hmm. or, or, or they... Or, and, um, or that they, they, they people collectively witness something. So 
I think that there is there are quite a few cases on record where people do collectively see the same apparition. Is there such you know I I've heard of I've heard it said that at times people can actually project these images into other people who have an open mind to the power of suggestion. So if you've got if you've got one person who has a strong enough will for example and you've got five or six other people who want to see something, they believe in it, that the person with the strongest will can actually project an image into the minds of these other people. Are you, do you mean telepathically or do you mean by normal means? Telepathically. By normal? Telepathically. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, in, in, under the psi-based theories, um, which I haven't mentioned yet, one of the psi-based theories is that apparitions, haunting apparitions, and indeed other apparitions, may be mm-hmm. produced by telepathic interaction um, among people occurring at a subconscious level. Um, the, there was a British researcher, uh, long deceased now, but called Tyrrell, who suggested that he, uh, for instance, in cases where someone has a, a maybe a, a fatal accident mm-hmm. and a relative at a remote place sees an apparition of the of, of the loved one at the time of his or her death, and th- th- these cases are known as crisis apparitions. Um, he also suggested that hauntings, recurrent apparitions occurring in particular locations, may be, could be mediated by telepathy. Um, and he, in fact, he, he, he went as far as to suggest that there could be uh, the surviving self of a deceased person who's broodingly reminiscing about his or her past life may somehow trigger off hallucinations in the minds of people living in the previous residence. To be honest, I, yeah. the, I, I think there are problems with that theory because a lot of hauntings involve physical phenomena and Tyrrell's theory doesn't readily account for the physical manifestations which often occur in cases of haunting. What kind so of it fi- may be tr- true, but it, it does, it's, not, it's not very comprehensive. But what kind of physical manifestation are you talking about? I'm talking about object movements, maybe the 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 the, the, the pulling of bedclothes, mm-hmm. um, the, the the disappearance of an object from one position, and its appearance somewhere else. Uh, in practice, it's often hard to distinguish between, as you may know yourself, between cases that are sometimes called hauntings and cases that are known as poltergeist right. cases. People sometimes make a distinction, but it's 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 hard to sometimes distinguish between these two types of case. And a, a lot of hauntings um, do involve not only sensory phenomena such as sensations of cold, seeing things, but also minor poltergeist-type activity. I, I can give you one example, for instance, a case sure. I, I investigated in, here in Scotland. Um, a man uh, in, in, in the house of a, of a, of a family, um, th- th- there had been numerous little incidents over the years, and even before the man was with his current partner, but more, the, while he was with his current partner, and um, one incident was he, he went to a tin, a metal container in his living room one morning to take out three 20-pound notes that were there and found them missing. They were folded up uh, notes. So they had put, folded these notes and they were in the tin, but they weren't there when he went to get them. Mm-hmm. And he was quite disconcerted by this. He left the house. He returned at lunchtime that day to find three uncreased 20-pound notes lying on his coffee table. Um, one so, one so quick was, question comes to mind. Was he married? He, well, he was in a relationship. Mm. He, he was, I don't think, he not formally married, but effectively in a, in a, in a partnership. But with, you see, you see, and something like this, I ask the question, how do we but, know? I don't think anyone else had been in the house between when he left the you house. You see, the, que- the, the question in my mind when I hear something like this, Peter, is how do we know that they are the th- Three same bills that he left in the pot. That somebody I don't think they were. I don't think they were. You know, so that was that. Yeah, that was the point I was making. The 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 notes in the in the container Mm -hmm. had been folded and were presumably creased. The notes in the uh, on the coffee table were the same denomination. Right. But they looked new. you see, what I, what I, I think may be going on with this sort of case is that these, these, these aren't random phenomena produced by magnetic fields. I, I think they're orchestrated. All right, Peter, let's hold it right there. We've got to take our final break for this hour. 
Interesting conversation with an interesting gentleman. Exonation. Nation, my guest this hour is Peter McHugh. He's the author of Zones of Strangeness, an examination of paranormal and UFO hotspots. All you have to do is type in Peter McHugh or Zones of Strangeness, an examination of paranormal and hot UFO hotspots into any search engine, and bang, you'll be able to find it, purchase it online, and it gets delivered right to your door. We'll be back on the other side of this break with our guest, Peter McHugh, as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.wentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Peter McHugh is my guest this hour, and uh, Peter worked for many years as a clinical psychologist in the National Health Service in the United Kingdom. He presently lives in Scotland. His qualifications include a Ph.D. from the University of Glasgow, awarded for uh, theses based on research into the nature of hypnosis. His interest in physical research, uh, I'm sorry, psychical research, goes back decades. He believes that paranormal phenomena occur and that many UFO experiences are genuinely anomalous. He contends that if we want to obtain a comprehensive understanding of ourselves and the nature of reality, these phenomena cannot be ignored. The name of his book is Zones of Strangeness, an Examination of Paranormal and UFO Hotspots. Um, so, so in conclusion, Peter, you know, are, are you optimistic that our understanding of these enigmatic phenomena is likely to improve greatly in the foreseeable future, or will they continue to be part of a pseudoscience? Well, I'm not optimistic. It's, it's, uh, it's perhaps a depressing thing to say, but um, I'm not optimistic that we'll, we'll 
gain a very clear understanding of these things in the foreseeable future. I don't regard them as pseudoscience. I think they're actually they're important phenomena, mm-hmm. very important, because they do suggest that our conventional models of reality, um, unless uh, you know, unless they can adjust to take account of these phenomena, are incomplete. But I'm I'm not sure that we'll we'll gain an understanding. As I've said before, I, I I do wonder whether these phenomena are orchestrated by some sort of intelligence that um, is is essentially producing a kind of paranormal theatre, with and the content of the paranormal theatre can vary. It may be UFOs, it may be Bigfoot, it may be ghosts, mm-hmm. um, and these entities themselves may not have any permanent existence. But what the, we're being exposed to theatrical displays for some purpose or some reason that isn't clear. And now, if that's the case, it may be that this intelligence, which is running the show behind the scenes, isn't going to reveal itself any more than it has over the last 50 or 100 years. So it may be that, we, as I say, we're not going to, to have hard and fast answers. But throughout, the but, United, could... but throughout the United Kingdom, Peter, and correct me if I'm wrong, there are stories that go back centuries pertaining to ghosts and hauntings. Yes. So if this was just somebody or some other force that is manipulating us, they've had three, four hundred years of having their fun. Why by now don't we have a better idea as to who or what these forces are? Well, one possibility is that uh, this is conjecture, of course, is Mm -hmm. that these this these performances are intended to keep us on our toes to challenge complacency um, so that if, if, if the, we humans think that we've got a good grasp on reality and we have a, a rather narrow, mechanistic, materialistic mm-hmm. interpretation of the way, the way the universe works, by producing phenomena now and again which don't really fit with that, it may be saying, look, hang on, you need to be thinking a bit more. A bit like a, a kind of avuncular relative giving riddles to to his grandson or, or nephew. Peter, um, you know what? We've run out of time for tonight. I'd love to have you back in the next week or so to talk more about this. It's a fascinating topic. You're a great guy. I, I love the way you think, the way you come across. And, and I just wish to have, and there were more people like you out there, taking the, the, the UFOs and, and the paranormal into an arena that makes sense. And you do a great job of that, Peter. Well, thank you very much. Peter, it's been my great pleasure. Peter McHugh has been our guest at Nation. He's the author of Zones of Strangeness, an examination of paranormal and UFO hotspots. I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news. Don't go away. into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232.